Welcome to the very first episode of Right Now, Right Here with Apollo Mighty. I am your host, Apollo Mighty. Right now, right here. <laughs> right now, right here. Oh, wow. Yeah. Okay. And today I am joined by my good friend, Ewa James Ewa. That's it. Um, I had to make sure I got that right. Uh, what's up, brother? How are you, man? I am, so right now, right here, I am very hungry because I started my water fast today. Oh, wow. Uh, so it's going to be all week. I'm at my mother's uh, house in the birds. My sister and my niece are downstairs chilling. Mm-hmm. So I am, I'm good, man. I'm feeling very good right here. Tell me about the water fast. What's that about? Okay, so I did it before um, this past July in preparation for going to Senegal. So my uh, Hakim, my brother Hakim and I went to Senegal for the month of August to make music. Really. Mm. (laughs) Uh, His dad lives out there, so we knew people out there. We had a place to stay. And um, right before that, you know, we decided, well, look, this is going to be a big thing. We're going to be there for a month. Let's go on this very spiritual journey right. through, through, through a fast. Right. Um, so we did it seven days, just water. And yeah, that shit works. So tell me, like, how did it work? Like, so wait, first off, what was your... Um... What were you trying to get out of it? Like, like you said, you were trying to do something spiritual, but like, what was it exactly that you were trying to see or experience? So, so what I have always felt in tune with was what you could call my muse, right? Mm-hmm. Um, a muse is defined as like that divine force that uses me as a channel to make music, mm. to sing, to do all those things. I've been pretty, right. really in touch with my muse. I didn't know what it was. I never like was like, oh, that's my muse. But I've always been very uh, in tune with, oop, inspiration. Wow. Like, wow, oop, wow. I, need, I need to go right, right now. Or oh, like, wow. Yeah, okay. Go ahead. Go ahead. Yeah. So, like, I've been very, very in tune with that. Um, about when I got to like the oh i guess she was kind of there in in college because i started to practicing with my more psychedelics but she based i basically lost connection with my muse around 18 when i started like really doing uh drugs and alcohol Mm -hmm. and um from 18 to 24 20 18 to 26 (laughs) i realized i was becoming further and further from it mm-hmm. uh, that the connection was was becoming uh, tougher to be more in tune with right so I was still creating I was still doing my thing but there would be moments of just like there'd be very very long moments of just kind of like deadness right um, and I felt that deadness with with excitement with drugs which all with alcohol right, right, and right. disconnection from that. You can call it disconnection from God. You know, a lot of people can just use it that way. Um, yeah, I was just about to say that because I'm in a I'm in a place right now where I am 
um, I took some time away from social media. I took I took some time away from um, connections outside of like just my partner, pretty much, just so that I could get more intentional about the time that I use for creativity. I even had a reading by a really good friend of mine, and she was saying, "Hey, like right now is the time for you to take your art and treat it like a lover. Make time for it." spend like spend time with it like don't don't let her feel like she is burdening you and I mean so my whole thing is songwriting writing in general I remember when I was a kid I loved to write and I told my teacher I told a teacher I was like hey I want to I want to publish a book by the time I'm 11 or 12 and she told me I couldn't do it and I remember like feeling like that arrow being like oh and I never really, I never really knew like what it meant to me, but I remember later the on. The arrow of inspiration or the arrow that you felt when she said you couldn't do it? The arrow that I felt when she told me I couldn't do it. Okay. Okay. I remember later on feeling like I, I wasn't a good writer. So later on down the line, I wanted to be a singer. I'm like, I want to be a singer and a songwriter. I, I said, no, no. At first I said, I just want to be a singer. And my aunt yeah. goes, you can write your own songs. And I was like... No, I can't. And I never realized why that was. Mm-hmm. But um, until recently, until I, I started kind of replaying and going through things. Okay. And um, so, yeah, like it's just interesting to hear you talk about this. And um, I definitely realized that there is a spiritual component to how I create, as well as there is a technical, a technicality that I want to have, like a, like a, like a technique that I want to develop. So I want to try to perfectly said. Yeah. I I mean, cause I think it's, I think it's both. And what I, what I'm learning is that the more I live in that space and I don't just visit that space Mm -hmm. within myself, the more easily it is for me to access like the birds and the and the art you know what i'm saying but like it's like it's, it's a it's a it's a communication and a, a relationship not only with myself but with like you so poetically put my muse which i never had a, a name for it but yeah that thing that, that takes me over and it goes from like it's for me it's the first time i hear the music you know, like the first mm-hmm. time I hear the music and I get swept away by it, right? Mm-hmm. I always use the analogy when 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 talking about songwriting, as um, you've seen the Avatar, right? I haven't. The the you ever seen like the, wow, okay, well, then, <laughs> um, I you know, <laughs> hey, I listen. <laughs> My I'm, sister was just like because I I was uh, <laughs> I was I was I was telling her this thought that I had and I was like, yo, we need that in life. She's like. You're describing the avatar. I was like, oh yeah, is that what that's about? She's like, what is wrong with you? Just just watch movies. <laughs> I mean, so that's so that's Jasmine Sullivan that you need to go and discover. Right. I need to start writing shit down. Yeah. Um, and uh, the avatar. But I don't now, I don't want to spoil the avatar for you. But basically, there are these people on this planet, these these I guess you can call these them. kids that can navigate both like spiritual and the physical world you're talking about avatar the last airbender yes that's i'm talking, talking about i think james, oh the blue people the blue people james cameron james cameron look at me knowing fucking directors son look at that shit all my brains are not you know, dead fuck you yo i'll be forgetting <laughs> shit bro and especially like, directors and actors and shit my partner be like you know son so legit <laughs> legit son so and i'm like 
what's she been in? What has she done? Um, but no. So anyway, we, I feel like I'm already off to a bad start on how to do a podcast because I have like we have jumped, <laughs> we have jumped seven different fucking. That's why I told you I was like, I don't know, 45 minutes is enough time, bro. I can talk. <laughs> and I know me and you can talk. Me and you can talk. Yes. Okay. <laughs> um. Anyway, my analogy for songwriting is, you know how the blue people, they would find an animal that was theirs and then they would connect with the animal with their like antenna things? No, I don't know what you're talking about. You've never seen that movie either? No. Wow, I don't know how... But what you just described sounds like The Matrix. Okay. <laughs> okay, so basically... You get, plugged in, you get plugged into another world and that there are things that can make it easier or harder for you to be plugged into that world. Exactly. Essentially, except right? like, okay. I, I like the animal aspect of of the of the Avatar Blue People movie. I'm sorry yeah. that we're going to be using it like referencing them that as that. Sorry, Blue James Cameron. People. But the Blue People movie, it's like the animal could reject you if it didn't want it. it. Didn't want you. The animal could be like, no, you can't. You actually can't ride me. Like riding a horse. Uh-huh. You know what I mean? Like you, like you can. Like some horses, it's like, nah, bro, fuck you. Get the fuck off of me. Mm-hmm. With my music. I can lock in sometimes with a with a piece of work, and I'm just like, no, I, I don't, I can't talk to anybody for about 45 minutes until I finish this. Right. So like, what you're talking about, and what how the book describes it is, as you want to, the way to get the animal to be like, oh no, you're cool, right? The mm-hmm. way to get the animal to say you're cool is you have to do the work yes. necessary for that animal to be like, oh, you're cool. Yeah. So it's the, so the muse needs to see see you writing working the muse is like oh you're fucking around well i'm gonna go talk to whoever jasmine sullivan who is fucking doing her work and jasmine and (laughs) jasmine and her muse have been talking they have been they've been having dinner they (laughs) they went to disneyland they have been they're close they're tight they're bfl and you know what that is and it sounds like we are uh in the same mindset of it you said you removed social media i removed many and, things and, and, social and media I, was the biggest one um, I, okay and and uh it sounds like influence from um other people that maybe aren't who you need right now exactly right like, i i noticed that my relationship with myself takes a hit when i'm comparing other people's relationships to other people if that makes any sense. It's like when I jump on Instagram and like, you know, don't get me wrong, I have amazing fans. Shout out to my fans. I love hey. my fans so much. And like I'm communicating with them and then like I might hop over to somebody like, I'm not gonna put nobody's name out there, but I'll hop over to somebody else who's like making music, or whatever, and they have so many more fans and their reach is this and they're doing that. And I'm just like, well, damn. Mm-hmm. What the fuck am I doing? So I get stuck in that perpetual mind state all day of comparison. And then I've used up all of my bandwidth that I could have been using to create on comparing what I've created that it should be that should be sacred to me against somebody else's sacred or unsacred work. Like like even in those I can't even think in those terms anymore because then it becomes all about fucking numbers. Yo, that is so 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 true that you said someone's sacred or unsacred because you have to remember that if the game of the industry is well if you got more views you're doing better mm-hmm. right what the fuck am i going to make sacred work for i just make work that everyone else is making i get more views yeah and then 
the person, the artist like you, who was attempting to have a relationship with the muse and doing what you do basically because gee, you fucking need to. Right. <laughs> like if you were the only person left on the planet, you would do, you'd still write and sing songs. Yes. Here you come comparing yourself to someone that is doing it as a, he's a hack basically. Is what the I book mean, calls him. Yeah, yeah, essentially. And not getting the same validation. So then you, so then you start to doubt yourself and say, well, I'm doing something wrong. Yeah. And then I burned myself out. Like, I, I remember when I first started going back to therapy, I told my therapist that the things that I used to love to do, I don't love to do anymore. And that I thought I was depressed. And then she had me go through my day of what I did. I'm like, yeah, I spent about, I was on Instagram for a while. She's like, how long is a while? I'm like, yeah, three, three, four, five hours, whatever. Who knows, whatever. <laughs> and she's like, okay, and then in that time, what are you doing? I'm like, oh, I'm going to this person's page and I'm looking at this and I'm looking at this dude over here who got all these fucking apps. I used to have abs. I don't have abs no more. It's okay. I'm working on it. But like, I'm looking at all these shit, comparing, comparing, comparing. And then I, I turn the app off and I sit down and then I'm just like, well, I don't want to do anything now. She said, you're not depressed. You have short circuited your fucking brain. She didn't say fucking, but I'm saying fucking. You short circuited your fucking brain and now you're just tired. Yeah. You're just, you're tired. You've burnt yourself up. You've, you've used all this energy, all this mental energy mm-hmm. could have been using to push something out of you that you needed to come out anyway mm-hmm. and like i, t- I yeah. spent some time away from it and like i've been i've been creating i just recorded a new song wrote a new song i've wrote i've written like four or five songs in these two weeks that i i've been like without my fucking dopamine fix and i started looking up dopamine hits and shit too so you just you just started within the last week week or so uh cutting back off three weeks from cutting off okay mm-hmm. Yeah, man, that is, uh, I mean, we were doing that too during the week, the week long fast. It was, uh, basically cutting out the outside world and isolating yourself, which a lot of people believe inherently is the indicator of depression. Mm -hmm. So what book are you referring to? The War of Art. Which is not to be mistaken with the art of war. Totally different author idea, everything. So The Art of War, I've also read, is a strategy book. Mm-hmm. The Art of War is like, um, in order for a warrior to, to be victorious, he must know the terrain. Like a whole book of just warrior wisdom shit. Mm. The War of Art is written by someone that is a writer where the art of war is written by, I think a warrior, like a soldier. Makes sense. Um, The war of art is written by a writer. And what he does is it's three parts, book one, two, and three. You can read it today. I read it in, it took me three hours, super short, super easy. Hmm. And it does two things. Well, it does three things. The first part of the book, it personifies it gives a name to that force that keeps you from reaching your full potential. And he calls it resistance mm. with a capital R. Resistance has so many friends and techniques. Resistance is one of the most just genius evil forces ever. And it's a force. So just as naturally as God is a positive grow, 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 evolve force, resistance is the opposite. And what resistance does is it takes a lot of techniques like rationalization and self-doubt 
and uh, I'll start tomorrow. And wow, procrastination. I mean, things that you couldn't even believe were actually happening within you. And you were just like, basically puts it like this. He's like, look, Hitler wanted to be an artist, but in his mind, it was easier to just invade Europe than to fucking sit down and paint. So it's like, if you can find a relationship with your muse and do the thing that you were actually born to do, that you wanted to do at five, but at five, your mom was like, we don't have time for that. Mm -hmm. Or like, boys don't do that or girls don't do that. But you're like, yo, but literally my entire essence is telling me to do this thing. Everything that comes after that is just like, this book basically says like, you're just killing yourself slowly. Wow. You start to develop neuroses, you start to develop cancers, you start to develop this, 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 this. Like this book is really, I mean, I'm going to read it again after the, the interview's done. And like, this is, this is the artist's Bible. So the first part is resistance. The second part is, but here's the thing, God's on our side. Your muse your muse, your genius. Everyone has their own genius. It's not like one person is a genius. We all have genius. Whether or not we choose to let it out and express it, that's on us. Right, that's a decision. That's a decision. That's why he says the difference or what you need to do. You said treat your art like a lover. Yes. He says treat your art like a fucking job. You show up or you get fired. That's mm. it. You show up, I don't give a shit. If you write, I don't know what to write for 45 minutes. You know that that day for whatever it is your craft is, maybe you want to be a carpenter. Maybe you want to change the education system. Maybe you want to be a politician, right? You have to do the work. And once the work is done, all the animals in the fucking woods are going to be like, yeah, bro, come chill with us. So that's why I'm starting my fast because the last, since I got back from Senegal, depressed. Yeah, 100%. Yeah. Just like to the point where I started to ask myself questions like, I'm 20, so I also turned 29 a couple weeks ago. Happy birthday. Thank you. And this was the first year I felt older. Oh yeah, 29 will do that for you. <laughs> baby let me tell you my something my first birthday where i was like i'm aging <laughs> oh but no wait wait for 30 wait See, for 30 i'm gonna feel younger at 30 okay i love that i'm gonna feel i'm gonna feel younger at 31 i've actually been um doing research on self-fulfilling prophecies okay yeah which are basically you believe something and you believe it so strongly that your behavior starts to act it out, act it out. And so that it becomes a reality. Mm -hmm. So some people can call that manifestation. Mm -hmm. so I say, I'm going to be successful and I get up every day and I'm doing things that make me successful. I'm doing things. I'm working hard. Of course, the end result would be me succeeding in that way. Mm -hmm. Same thing. And I'll, I'll use a relationship. If you get into a relationship with somebody and it's based on my last relationship, this person gonna cheat, this person ain't gonna be for me, this person ain't gonna do this, da, 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 da. You start being extra, like, 
sneaky. You start being extra, like, like hyper vigilant over watching everything they do to the point where you make them maybe feel like they, like you don't trust them. Who wants to be in a relationship with somebody they can't trust? So then you fail. The relationship fails because your actions carried it out. So it's understood. Getting attention, intentions, and attention to what it is that you actually want to do and want to be in life. So I've been setting all my attention on being a certain kind of singer, a certain kind. I need to fit into this box, basically. And if I'm not hitting this mark, I'm not good enough. Not because yeah. anybody has told me that, but because that's that, that's you told you that I told myself that. Yeah. So then it's harder to get on Instagram and 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 fully celebrate somebody who's maybe a few steps ahead professionally than I am because I'm still measuring myself up against a a, a, a yeah something. You're measuring up yourself against something against something that that Period. is is keeping me from ever really reaching it. Yeah, yeah, so that that's what I mean. That that makes sense, and it sounds like, um you're probably well so here's the thing about this book and i and i i've started to i started to feel it a few months ago uh before i read it and i started to really i mean i started to kind of feel it last year but i felt like there was something wrong with this idea of healing hmm talk about it i'm not broken hmm period experience experiences traumatic or not well one i also believe that trauma or traumatic experiences can also be self-fulfilling prophecies for sure like maybe you just don't understand that experience and because it's tough for you to understand it you might just label it as traumatic and just feel like you can never overcome it being triggered Oh, that's the curse of the people in my family, because all the people in my family have come up against this one problem Ooh. and nobody has been equipped with the right tools on how to deal with it. So we've all taken the same course of action. Damn. So that's when people talk about breaking generational curses. I'm like, oh, basically you're talking about doing the one thing everybody else was too stubborn to do. Well, here's the thing about that, though. Here's the thing about that. I got to a point in the last few months where I was like, but wait a minute. I had actually, so I became a psych major. One, because I wasn't allowed to go to art school. But two, well, I was also interested in how people think. But I guess three, because I'd seen when I was like nine or 10, I'd seen my uh, grandmother go through and battle Alzheimer's and dementia, mm. like up close and not even understand what the fuck was going on. Just like, why do you think you're in New York? You're in, you're in Chicago. Like, why right. can't you, what is like, don't have the internet to Google it. Like what is going on? So I remember just being like learning about it more, realizing it was genetic and being like, so I need to be prepared for this in my family. Okay. So I'm here going through high school, going through college, being a very aware person and then go through, which was a very moving part of my life was I was a tech recruiter in, um, corporate startup world developed a very very awesome drinking habit and got quit that job and so quit the job end of 2019 and i was just like but hold up i'm like smart and i'm caring and loving why would i be going through these emotions i had to flip the shit 
Mm-hmm. Oh, and I'm putting, uh, this is amazing. I'm using my chess box, <laughs> which is great to hold up my phone because I had to realize, oh shit, maybe I was doing this to myself, mm-hmm. like actually sabotaging myself. And this isn't to like, like negate the fact that people do fucked up things to other people and, and you can have, and you can be traumatized because of other people. Mm-hmm. I, think, well, I think what's really important though, the next step is no matter what anybody ever does to you, it's what you then do with it. Right. Because if you are looking at, so what I, uh, a lot of people will say, probably even use myself. Oh man. I believe that this thing that happened to me when I was eight or nine is the cause of why I can't do X or I can't keep a relationship or I can't, right? And you can look to things like my parents split when I was seven or six. Mm-hmm. Like, man, I'm doomed to repeat what I've seen. Well, I had to analyze that statement because I was, man, I'll tell you this. Depression is a blessing. I don't know if you know Leaky Lee. Sadness is a blessing. Sadness is a curse. Sadness from my boyfriend. Sadness, I'm your girl. Because if you don't get to a point where you realize or you self-diagnose like, damn, bro, I might be, this might be just more than some seasonal <laughs> sadness. This might be some deep shit. Well, now you have the opportunity to go through that. Mm-hmm. That is, what would you call that? A fork in the road, a, a path in hell, where you actually have the opportunity to walk through it. Yeah. You have the opportunity to walk through it. A lot of people don't get through it. That's that. That's a word. Because a lot of people will come up against, against an issue yeah. and abandon themselves at the fork and say how could this possibly be a blessing if it hurts so bad? Let me tell you what hurts. And, I, and, and I, this is not from personal experience because I am a man. Childbirth. <laughs> Let me tell you something. I couldn't do it. Ain't no, look, it ain't a child beautiful enough in this fucking world for me to push that thing out of me. But every woman, every, all of us you see walking around here came out of a woman and that shit hurt. And no part of it was, it, it wasn't a fart. Nobody came, okay? Everybody hurt. But on the other side of it, we here, right? Like we're right. here. Mm-hmm. And so it's like, there are certain pains that are integral to your life that, are, that you have to have. We have, a, we have a really interesting relationship with the word pain. Yeah. And by we, I mean humans. Um, so I'm also very physical you know i do a lot of martial arts training and stuff like that i realize that when it comes to the physical body and i think this can relate mentally someone was telling me about a a silent retreat that they did um for seven days they weren't allowed to talk and they had Mm -hmm. to just like figure shit out and they were like it was the craziest shit ever um i think pain essentially is lack of oxygen in a certain place so when I have pain, I have pain in my arm, let's say. I got pain in my arm here. Well, it turns out, and I'm practicing this, so I'm figuring it out as I'm saying it. I can 
put my arm in a position that it should be able to be in. Because the human body, I look at my niece, she's two. I'm like, you can move in all these ways that I should be able to. But I started sitting in chairs. I'm 29. I got fucked up. Blah, 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 blah. But I should be able to move like that. So I'm going to put my body in that position. And when I feel the pain, I'm just going to breathe through it. Mm-hmm. I mean, yoga. Boom. Yoga. Right? That's so, my bitch. Yoga, that is my... Let me tell bro, before pandemic, like not to cut you off, but before quarantine, mm. I, bro, I could not sit, I could not sit cross-legged on the floor. I'm still okay. not great at it. Okay. But like we hold so much tension and trauma in our hips, especially men. I think anyone that sits in a fucking chair long enough, to be honest, bro, it's not right. But I remember like being a kid and like being um like I tried like I tried to play the guitar when I was a kid. And we'd have to sit on the floor. And I remember like my, my legs just being restless and I could never do it and it hurt too bad. So I would always mm-hmm. like get up or get a chair or some shit. Mm-hmm. And like over the break, I was like, nah, there's no fucking way I'm, I'm living the rest of my life like this. So like every day I would get, the, I would get down there and that shit was hurting, but I just mm-hmm. did it every single day. And now bro, like, this is like TMI, but like, I, like my legs are great. My ass is great. Like, my Good. shit, I feel Good. better. What'd you do? You had to go to the pain. And breathe You had it. to be like, yo, pain, I need you to sit here real quick. Yeah. <laughs> I need you to sit here for a minute and I'm like, just going to breathe. I had to get to the pain and say, I'm not afraid of you. Like, I'm not afraid to look like I'm in pain. Which is the world we live in now is like, put us like we're all performing all the time, <laughs> and for what I don't know, which which is crazy because the moment you see somebody actually going through pain, you're like, I recognize that. <laughs> what, is, what is that thing like? Like, why is her music so in depth? And t- she she's just talking about being sad. She's just talking about ha- like having a bad day. I've been uh, listening to uh, Lauren Hill's Unplugged. Oh, I love what's the song? Rebel? That's my song. Rebel. Oh, what is she? Oh, yo. Oh man. I mean, yeah, it's, it's I a different sample. That shit's crazy. It's a different vibe, but I'm gonna keep plugging like Jasmine Sullivan on this podcast because you need to go <laughs> listen to her album. I wrote it down. Her new her, so you gotta go back to old Jasmine. You gotta go back to yeah. like head. I, I listen to her first album. That's what I do. I always yeah. start with the the artist beginnings headscarf and missy elliott jasmine sullivan and then when she by the time you get to hotels just just sit back and it's and listen it's hotels h-e-a-u-x tales so because she's sophisticated don't play with her oh my goodness <laughs> but bro the vocals are gonna look the vocals are gonna I believe be ass. the vocals gonna I be believe ass. i have uh mm. i have fiona apple in my head you feel, you like fiona apple yeah, I like I I know Fiona Apple. I'm not gonna say I I like her, but I know who she is. I I know that she's on the planet somewhere. <laughs> <laughs> so she's like your Jasmine Sullivan. You gotta go listen to the I No, it's not like she's not like my Jasmine Sullivan. First off, because just in the way that you know of her, or maybe you've heard of her, but you haven't listened. But to you her. hadn't even heard of Jasmine Sullivan. I. You know what I mean? Have you heard of Fiona Fiona Apple song? I, yes. I can't name one, but I know that she be singing. And I know that the other people be going up for her ass. 
I remember back in 2012, niggas was like, ooh, be on the Apple. Yeah, that's when that album came out. Appreciate See, and look, I even knew the name of it. Hey, you didn't listen to it? What was that about? Well, na- name the song of her album. What's the name of it? Valentine, Daredevil. Hum it. Well, the song I have in my head is Periphery. So she's like, all that loving must have been lacking something. If I got bored trying to figure you out, you let me down. I don't even like you anymore. That's just one of the songs. This is a breakup album. Okay. I'm going to go listen to that. Okay. Um, I Because I'm studying songwriters in general right now. So I'm, I'm, He's I'm, a great songwriter. I'm, I'm studying Max Martin right now, who wrote Hit Me Baby One More Time. and What a song. Oh, my God. That song? That, that, the... <laughs> Bro, hold up. Where are you going? That song is genius. Obviously, that's why you're studying it. Uh, okay. Yeah, I'm studying the. What is what is where's the key? What is the that that is the chord change? My loneliness, right, is killing, killing me every night. I, I must confess, confess, I still believe, still believe. It's definitely. I lose my mind. Give me, give me a sign. sign. That that give me a sign is a crazy chord to put there. <laughs> It just goes all the way up. Mm. What it sounds like is you like Hit Me Baby One More Time for a different reason. Besides the chord changes. I like the cultural impact that it had. Okay. Uh, I mean, like, and by cultural, I mean, like, the American cultural impact. And is, does America have a culture? We don't have a culture. I mean. Yeah, the Black American. Okay, great. Yes. That's our culture. That's our culture. <laughs> so I love that. And then, I mean, just the fact that the song was number one in every country that it ever premiered. In. I was gonna say, it definitely went global. Like, but number one, what's so what's so crazy is this is completely unrelated. This is I'm gonna have to chop this episode all the fuck up. I went and I watched the Britney Spears documentary about you know her life. Have you watched Jeez. it? I bet that shit is up and ups and downs. But you you wonder like how the world has so many opinions about this one person, this this kid almost, because she was like sixteen when this song came out. But it's because she was fucking huge. She was everywhere. Grown men, disgusting, wanted her at sixteen. Well, and this country was like, yeah, let's put her out there with like, yo, just let her sing. Can't she just sing? And like, maybe she just can wear a sweater while she's singing. Like, no. Absolutely not. If you would have told Britney Spears that, yeah, you can wear a sweater and like sweatpants while you're singing, you can do the Billie Eilish thing. She would have done that. But that's instead, another, you know, that's but another goddess of a, a. I'm so inspired by Billie Eilish too, and that's another thing too. Like getting it, getting kind of back on subject. It's okay mm-hmm. to be inspired by what you're inspired by. There's two ways to look at your art, or it's like the two ways an artist moves, either hierarchically. Because you know how we love hierarchies. We love it. And territorially. So hierarchy is here's and so the book is like hierarchies work, but they work for like when there's like between two and maybe like eight hundred people, because you need to, for hierarchies work because you were in a small village or a small town and you knew where you stood, you knew your place in that town. I am the only carpenter here, so like 
I really, I, I, I could go and be a fucking piano right. player, but for my community, like, man, I should really like bog okay. down and, and do this. And that's what a lot of our ancestors have done living in small communities, realizing I have the set of skills that work for this community. I may have dreams and aspirations, but maybe even not because in this community, I've only seen a certain thing. I only know so, so much. I only know so much. So you are in a hierarchy and you can say, I'm here. The, the cops are here because they can tell me what to do in this hypothetical situation. And, and insects are here, right? We do shit like that. I'll mm-hmm. just kill insects and kill chickens and like, oh, okay. Well, I mean, that's the case, yeah, because the, because the cops like they can kill anything. So, yeah. Yeah. So, and the thing is, once we get into mass society, too big of a society, hierarchy doesn't work anymore. Right. Because you might be a, you might have this, you might be a carpenter, but like, like I don't know you. Mm-hmm. I can't just trust that because you're the only carpenter in the town that you're, that the you're the man, one. whatever. Right. So you have to change to a territorial viewpoint, which means my craft is my territory. Right. That's where I am comparing myself to who? To me yesterday. Right. And that's, that's it. What that's what I've noticed, bro, about the world we live in now as musicians, as people. Like, you don't got to be, give me Frank Ocean. You don't have to be Frank okay. Ocean. Because like Frank Ocean is Frank Ocean, great, okay? Frank Ocean has his village. In, his, in Frank Ocean's village, he is the musician. That's where people go. Like, I'm not saying that, like, that people don't go. It's a big market, so people go all over the place. But what I'm saying is his core group of fans, all he has to do is feed them, feed them, feed them, mm-hmm. feed them, and they'll be fine. Like you can be, you can be, but you can be the Frank Ocean of Seattle. You can be the Frank Ocean of Zimbabwe. You can be like whoever, whatever your thing is, find your group of people and keep them fed. I think so. So I want to dive into that. I think that the beginning you have to, as somebody that is in this example, using Frank Ocean as the example, I think it's important for one to be like, well, what does it mean to like, what does Frank Ocean mean? To right. Me? What does the success look am like? Am I, am I, am I inspired by Frank Ocean because he shows gay black men that they can still have success in America? Mm-hmm. Is that why I'm inspired by him? Am I inspired by him because of his music? Am I inspired by him because of his, because of his fashion? I think it's important to know what it is we're looking at Frank Ocean for. Because I don't, I think it would be a little challenging and potentially bad if you were like, man, I'm going to be the Frank Ocean of wherever. Right, right, like, right. Nah, right. bro, you're going to be who you, you be are. The Apollo Mighty of wherever. of wherever you are. But what I'm, I, I guess what I mean is like, yeah, I, I can be Apollo Mighty and just worry about the fans that I have versus trying to compare myself to some other A-list celebrity that has a huge machine. Whereas like mm-hmm. starting grassroots is how, it's how all those artists started first off, but I want my impact to be more, to speak more about what I'm doing versus necessarily like the fame or, or the, 
or the 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 whole gimmick of it. You know what I mean? Because then it's like I want to always be able to enjoy what I'm doing, which is what you're saying. Mm-hmm. Like going to a job every day and doing it because that's what I'm supposed to do. Like I'm the I'm the this for my village. My village being the people who have surrounded me and said, you know, we fuck with you, we love you. What you got this week? Would you continue to make music if you found out that all of your fans were 11 year old Asian girls? Oh, hell yeah. Would you change anything that you're doing? If they, were, if, if, if they were, if they loved what you were doing, but they were just all little Asian girls? No. Like if they, if, like they've become my fans based on everything I've done up to this point, hell no. I mean, as an artist, I'm changing regardless because that's just what I do. That's what I'm supposed to do. But no, if you like what I'm giving you, I'm just gonna stay like this. And um, I, I found out that a bunch of my fans are in like Russia. I have a bunch of fan. I have a bunch of fans in Paraguay. Damn, like yeah, not a bit. Like <laughs> that's raw. I had a or C. Right. That's I had a C plus <laughs> in Spanish too. I was in there trying to talk to dudes and shit. You know, you know. Right. <laughs> yeah. Hola. Hola. Uh-huh. I was trying to roll them tongues, you know what I'm saying? You say, come on, say, you say, uh-huh. Come on, say, yeah. Come on, say, after school, what are you doing in Espanol? So, so I hear what you're saying. And I think before I read this book, I would wholeheartedly agree. Now, I don't disagree with what you're saying, but what has changed in my mind in the last 12 hours Mm is because he writes this he goes if you're looking at the market more than you're looking into your own heart you're fake you're a demigod he said you're a he said you're a demigod you're a panderer you're pandering to the fans you want to keep you're right there's their recognition of your talents has allowed you more money and maybe allowed you more access to better studios and more time and confidence in your work Mm -hmm. but if you're making it for them you're pandering and he says that you can have success in that i mean so many people do all right if if anything american culture is pandering oh you're a demographic we'll just give you this we'll just we'll just we'll just oh we want to sell this to to black folks so we'll put a black commercial we'll just do this We'll yep. wear a fucking dashiki as politicians to get the black vote. Uh, oh, that shit worked. Gotcha. So what he's saying is, because this book is about artists. So for a lot of people, I think it can be applied to whatever your potential or your calling is. But as an artist, like, you're doing it for you. You're doing it with the understanding. Damn near the, 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 the certainty. If you go into it like, I'm never going to be a successful singer. I'm never going to be a successful writer. And then you do it anyway. That's faith. Yeah. Your muses will just, it'll just be you and your muses. Yeah. Because the the example he uses, like people are always afraid of isolation. They believe that if they walk off into the woods by themselves, that'll, they'll, they'll never be able to get out. But you forget that like God is with you. Your muse you're never is really with alone. You. Right. You're never alone, actually. So, so it's like you're never alone, 
and as it goes to um uh, it goes to somebody mastering their craft and being around other people like you're always alone this is about you this is about what you feel yeah so it's like so kanye's thing right this motherfucker damn near loses new fans every time he puts on an puts an album out we a lot of people say oh he's just doing it for for uh um, for, for for publicity he's just poopity scoop he's just making us like hate him so that we can talk about him i mean maybe but you could also just like stop talking about him you're still talking about him what he's doing is he's allowing himself to evolve as much as he wants and fuck my fans the real ones will stay and he is his real fan mm. that's why we're that's like Money list, if there's any mentality of foreign artist to have, I think it's his, where it's just like, so I tried this thing, I called the 808s and heartbreaks. I think this is the most accurate way that I can uh, express how I feel about my mom passing. Oh, y'all don't like it? Fuck you. And that album was hard. <laughs> I'm talking about my work as, you know, I've, I, this year I'll have done four albums. Mm. But I never put myself out there and got on stage and sang in front of ABC News. <laughs> You're really putting your shit out there. So I'm certain that when I, hopefully if I get to that, your stage, right? Where I know my fans demographics, where I'm looking at all that stuff. I'm sure it'll be harder for me to keep the same mentality that, that I have now without being out there. Um, but yeah, he's saying like, this is for you, man. If you were the last, that's what, that's the main thing. If you were the only person on the planet, what would you do? You think you'd be depressed? If I was the last person on the, if I was the only person on the planet, would I be depressed? Eventually. And what would you do to navigate that? What would you do to kind of overcome that? Couldn't do. You couldn't use people. I would travel. Boom! You should be doing that. I would travel, and I would sing in all the hollow caves. I would. I would, would find. I would find places where my voices rang out the most, and go there and yell and scream and, and sing. And then, Bruh. like, and I mean, mm -hmm. if I'm writing for people, if I'm not writing for people and what I think people will like, if I'm just creating for myself, I'm, I'm talking about introspective shit anyway. Mm -hmm. You know, like when I was getting ready to write the project that I'm writing now, I was talking to my, 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 my team about it. I'm like, you know, I'm, I'm nervous about putting this one out because I'm like, what if people don't like it? You know, it's not like the last thing I put out because now all of a sudden it matters. Like if people... Because because a, a couple hundred thousand people liked the last shit that I put out. And then I was like, oh, wait. Five years ago, you didn't know who the fuck I was. And if I don't mm -hmm. put out tomorrow, it won't matter because your life still has to keep going. So then that means I need to do what's right for my life. You have to. Here it is. Here's the new thing. If you rock with it, great. If you don't, great. I'm going to keep making shit. Because I have to. I wanted to know... If there are any like quotes or sayings or anything that you're like you're living by right now that's like inspirational to you that you can share with the people who are listening. Shit, I've been quoting this book all day. Yeah, um, you have. 
but like, a, like words of wisdom or a mantra, anything like that. And I'll go first. So for me, I often, okay. I often use the reason I named this podcast is right now I'm right here. I use right now, right here, because it's a way for me to bring myself full, full, fully present because my mind has a tendency to start worrying about things that I've not experienced yet. Um, I'm a creative, so my mind can create scenarios and my body and my emotions can then react based on the, based on the thing that I created. It's yeah, a very, it's my, in, your... in my head, yeah my, my, yeah. my mind is super powerful. I'm, I'm grateful for it, it's a blessing, but I have, to know, I have to know when and how to come back and say, no, this is how, this is just a feeling. Um, and, and, and this is just something I'm seeing. And the way I was doing that over the summer was right now I'm right here. And all I need to worry about is what's happening in this little bubble around me. So that's so remind I, me. So, and so when would you say that to yourself? Um, I say that to myself right before I meditate during meditation. Like if I'm, if I find myself drifting off, I would just say right now I'm right here and bring myself back and just focus on breath. Um, or if I am caught in a cycle in my head of thinking about something that's doing harm to me, like I get really yeah. worked up and like, oh my God, what if all my family members die? <sighs> Wait, sure. come back. Right now, I'm right here. All your family members are fine. As a matter of fact, you're not even t calling them as much as you should. So how about we start there? <laughs> that's beautiful. You know? So... Well, one, I'll drop a little secret. I love secrets. Definitely, definitely by the end of this year. So the goal is by January 2022 to have started this uh, as a comp just like hoodie company yeah. where I'm putting all like deep, 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 deep quotes like that just on the hoodie. Um, so I have all these quotes written down that I say, but I think like what my just even deeper, the, the quote that my spirit is living by right now mm. is like, is is just reminding me that like, in reference to whatever it is that I'm feeling, in reference to what are, whatever it is that I'm thinking and maybe overthinking, um, I'm just, I just remind myself that like, my spirit says to me, or I say to myself, you're doing this. Like you, you're creating this experience. Mm -hmm. You can easily stop. Because for some people it is breathing and just being present. For other people it's, you should go outside for a run. Yeah, get back in your so, body. Yeah, so what I learned as I, as I had to do some mental shift and I realized I'm choosing to look at my depression as a tool. I have to be able to sharpen it because like life is good right now. It's only going to get harder. You're not to take it there, but like everyone in your family will pass. Mm -hmm. Everyone in my family will pass. So I don't, it's, it's not wrong of me to think about it right now. Right. I don't think. I think that it can be overwhelming during a time when it's like, bro, you're ordering food. Like, you don't need to be thinking about this right now. Right. But I always, but again, I don't think there's something about me that needs to be fixed. 
So this idea of like, hey, self, stop. Yeah. Um, that hasn't really, hasn't worked for me to just be like, stop doing what you're doing. It doesn't right. work. My brain, my brain's like, okay, I'll stop for 10 seconds and then I'll get back to freaking out. Yeah. I just tell myself like, oh yeah, you like, you like that? Like you like the, the you like the way you feel? Mm-hmm. I realized like my depression these last month, I was doing it to myself. I was like, I'm sad. So I'm going to isolate myself, smoke weed and watch euphoria and just sink into this, <laughs> this, this world of self pity, your piece of shit. Hell. Look at you, just mm-hmm. yeah, of, of of self, of self. A prayer that I pray all the time is relieve me of the bondage of self. Ooh, so this book says the self is what you is you, but it's the ego. Yeah, yeah. It's like relieve me of this, uh, relieve me of this version of myself that I've invented in my head. My parents have completely told me that I am a doctor, uh, this and this and this is like, no, relieve me of that. That's what I hope to accomplish with this fast too. Yeah. Is to get closer to self, further from ego. And just as that's happening, remind myself that like, hey, you're doing this. Like you're doing it good. This is how you want to feel good. Like keep your, your, it's a really shitty quote. Um, <laughs> it's like I'm in control. You're in control. Maybe the quote should just be depression is a tool. I think that if there's something that I could hope people might shift, is that like there are people that get to 60, 65, 70, my parents included, that they've never allowed themselves to have these introspective, deep, hurtful, painful conversations with themselves and it gets manifested as just being an old bitter old person mm-hmm. <laughs> and it's like damn you never shit you you had three kids by the time you were 30 mom like you never had a chance to even be de- like even acknowledge at all that you're depressed like nope. i'm sorry that you never had that because i have it now and by the grace of god and my muse like I'm still healthy. <laughs> right. A lot of people are not in a state to to see it as a tool. I believe it is a tool, an opportunity to sharpen your spirit and you know, come out of it like the Phoenix. We all know the story of the Phoenix, come out of it not as a different you or a fixed you, just a you that has gone through some shit and now you know how to go through less shit <laughs> that's aware of it that's Just aware, being aware. Of shit. i'm not i'm not broken man none of us are broken mistakes are an illusion yeah man so i'm not you know Ewa. Cool. yes hello <laughs> love you brother i appreciate you too, being my very first guest uh, and we might have to do a part two because we can talk. You and I could can 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 talk. I might have to have you like, on like I don't know, like do a series with me or something, bro. Because this was dope. That was that that would be great. And uh, you've inspired me definitely to start my own podcast. Yeah, to man. Talk to people because this is an, this is awesome. Like I was scared. Really... I was scared to do this, and now I'm like I feel comfortable. You know. Yeah, man. Good. That's gross. Um, I will put all of your your handles and everything in the uh, in the link in the bio. But uh, okay. thank you so much for coming and being here with us. 
I appreciate it, man. Thanks for having me. I ain't running from the I'm not giving myself You've been listening to Right Now, Right Here with Apollo Mighty. I'd like to thank you, my guests, and my sponsors for making this possible. If you have any questions or suggestions for guests or topics, send an email to apollo at apollomighty.com. You can also follow me on Instagram, Twitter, TikTok, and YouTube. And be sure to subscribe wherever you get your podcast from. I'll see you next week for another episode of Right Now, Right Here. Right now, right now.